Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Drop your shoulders, take a breath, tune in to how you feel, because it's time to stretch. Hi, I'm Sinead Moore, the host and creator of Stretch Marks, the podcast that dives deep into the parts of life that can truly stretch us in the hope that we can acknowledge our growth and maybe even heal the marks left behind. I am still beaming from this conversation with author, podcaster, actress and advocate Giovanna Fletcher and can confirm that she is just as kind and compassionate and smart, witty, warm and beautiful as she seems. Her work in creating Happy Mom, Happy Baby changed the game for me and for millions of other women who needed this space to say I love them and it is hard. We talk about her own personal stretches, how she avoids the snap, how her perspective on her body and life has changed through her work with Copperfield and how with three energetic children, it is simply essential to get outside. And now she can wear her new regatta Thermogard insulated autumn winter 2023 collection as well. I couldn't have been happier than spending an hour in this woman's fabulous company. And I hope you enjoy it too. Giovanna Fletcher, you are most welcome to the Stretch Marks podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Can I also start by saying that I have I started doing podcasts in the parenting arena in 2019, 2018, mm-hmm. 2019. And the reason I did was because when I was on maternity leave with my first child, you were the voice holding my life together. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bless you. And I mean that. On my walks, walking my baby, feeling outrageously lonely and lost and confused. And in this whole new transition and transformation of life, I needed to hear the conversations that you were creating on Happy Mom, Happy Baby. And when I went back to my job, which happened to be for a parenting publisher, which was handy, Mm. (laughs) I said, we need to do this. We need a podcast in Ireland for women for our voices, for our stories, for what's happening for us. And yeah. that 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 was the motivation. And it has gone on to do amazing things and tell amazing stories and win all kinds of awards and support all kinds of people. But I mean this genuinely. I didn't start it for me. I started it because of how you made me feel. Oh, that's that it makes me emotional. I know we started before recording saying how on edge we are today uh, but that's made me really emotional thank you and that's totally the driving force behind the podcast is so that other people feel like 
they aren't going through things alone and that they they're part of a conversation and I think when you are on mat leave or you've got a newborn I think um so often we can feel really, really lost mm. um, and isolated and alone uh, and away from the rest of the world. I think those nighttime feeds um, uh, can definitely feel like that. Uh, and um, and even then, your place within the world feels different afterwards. So having this reliable source to always turn back to uh, is, um, yeah, it's not lost on me, I would say. Um but thank you so much. What I will tell you is that Stretch Marks is, okay, it is in the genre of parenting podcast. Okay, but okay. to me, it is called Stretch Marks because of all of the ways that we are stretching in our lives, all of the ways that we have had to stretch, to grow. And of course, growth is what we're all after, what we're all seeking, what we all desire, mm. but it comes with marks left behind that we must heal and that we must acknowledge and that we must wear with confidence and pride, not just in our bodies, in our hearts and our minds and our relationships and our friendships, in our bank accounts, in our capacity, in our sleep, all of the ways within which life is stretching us. And of course, within parenting, that is one one way. So I, I don't always focus on the parenting you're, side of stuff. Yeah, like you're a mom. Tell me about just that time you were in labor. It's like Do you know what though? I got oh that as soon as I saw it, it was called stretch marks. I didn't I didn't even think, oh, it's a parenting podcast. And I actually loved the fact that you're using stretch marks as across the board. Like uh, to me, that's that's a really clever it's a clever title. It's a clever podcast. Like, like the scope within that is huge. And um yeah. I just love the idea of we don't often think about how different things in life stretch us and move us. And that is often beyond what we think our capacities are. And it is only when we meet the edge of what we think our capacity is, do we then learn and realize that actually there is so much more stretch within us, provided we know how to support ourselves through it. Because yeah. the other side of it, I always say, is like, we just have to avoid the snap. You know, it's like stretching to the point yeah. that you think you're going to snap, but then you bring a little bit, you take the tension off, just take the yeah, tension yeah, yeah. off, bring it soft. But like a good elastic band though, yeah. you know, it might, might never go back to the way it was, you know, and it might be sad, but it's often for the better. And motherhood and those early days of motherhood, they are a chapter mm -hmm. and they are defining and they can break you. And they can rebuild you, but they are really defining. And I feel like the story after that chapter is always so different to who we were yeah. at the start of the book. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like you you um, worry about that change before it actually happens? Because I I always like growing up, who always I always say, you know, there's that thing of oh she's changed, mm. um, you know, about mm. anything in life she's changed. But then if you, you it's impossible to go through something like motherhood those early days where everything is so raw and you know exposing and not be changed so in many ways those changes and those stretch marks, stretch marks should be celebrated they should be I feel like we're still so conditioned to chase back to chase back to not just the gene size but the level of enthusiasm we might have had for certain things that are no longer <laughs> yeah, priorities yeah. chase back to our levels of energy and just chase back to the women that we we were and should be celebrated for who she was but she 
It takes a long time. It take, took me a long time to accept that she has changed. Yeah. And what I'm embracing now is actually a feeling as I'm coming to that point where, as I said, my youngest is three. I think I'm on a change again. And not the change. That's still, that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's still that's, looming. Yeah, like it's, it, it's tipping at the door. It's tipping at the door. <laughs> but I'm, I'm on another, I'm on another point where, you know, I'm kind of, I'm sad to say goodbye to those years, but I'm like, okay, here we go. I also wonder if this phase, because my youngest is five, I've been thinking about it a lot recently. Is it the start of almost reconnecting? Because I feel like a lot of things like friends, like um, the the social side of life and things like that, you kind of, I, I feel like I've stopped so much of it. Because I've had three boys who demand so much mm-hmm. of me, whereas now I do feel like I'm suddenly ready to start putting myself out there in a different way, having people over, you know, that I'm, it's been so nice to start to see friends again. Um, so I do feel like when you're in the thick of it with younger kids, it feels like the social side is just another demand, another layer of things that you have to do and you have to keep up. Whereas actually now that the it's all a little bit, I don't want to say it's easier because mm. it's definitely not, but a little bit easier in terms of demand and stuff and the kids can go off and play on their own. I feel like that this whole new phase is like just enjoying a bit of me again, weirdly, and, and that reconnecting. I described it a few months ago. It was my birthday and it's my, so I'm, I'm in my last year before 40 and I described it as though this is the year I'm going to start saying yes for me again. I like that. I'm just going to start saying yes. And of course we'll figure it out later, but my default for the last few years, because I was just coming out of it. So my eldest was three when my youngest was born. So I was just coming in and you're right back in. Yeah. So it's been a long time since I have felt the privilege of being able to say yes for me without kind of the guilt and the association of like, well, who has the boobs? Me and, you know, figuring all that out. I was like, no, I'm just going to start saying yes. Just just see what happens. Because I want to. Yeah. And and it will, you know, and it'll, things fall apart, of course. I think straight after that I got COVID. But, you know... (laughs) Like, I am going to live my best life with COVID. <laughs> with COVID, which then turned into pneumonia. I mean, it's been a joy. But no. like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been, it's been super. Oh. But now, okay, the starting opposite today. Of living your best life. The opposite. Okay. But, but we're still in the year. Okay. It's not over. Okay, and I it's still, okay. I, it's, it's like this liberation piece again. I just want to feel a little bit like I can now be me and their mother not just their mother yeah because I lost I like and I think it's okay to acknowledge that we like you can totally lose yourself in it and also I think that there's kind of a joyous mess in that like I liked the years where I didn't have to say yes I liked the years where I could just look a mess and sit on the couch and hold my babies and and like I'm so grateful for that yeah. how I'm ready to kind of be like okay well who is this next version Who's she going to yeah. be? Yeah. And I wonder if it's also because we have so much emphasis on, you know, we're, we're mothers. And then when our children leave home, we have empty nest 
the, you know, we have an emptiness and we're all sad about that. But actually, I think there's a whole load of letting go that happens before that big one. And in that letting go is that finding yourself in different ways because that responsibility and that pressure on us, in a way, becomes less and less. Becomes a little eased. Tell me then, mm. of yes. the throughout the years, where have you felt yeah. like that stretch has molded you into the version of you that you love today? I would say um, a big stretch for me would be um, when I started doing the treks I do for Copperfield. Mm. Um, because I think I've always been outdoorsy. Uh, and that's why, you know, things like the collection with Regatta is such a massive thing for me. I love being outdoors. I love that feeling of just getting out there. Um, but when I signed up to do that trek, it felt like I was suddenly, I, I, I always wanted to go traveling. And I thought I would when I was 18. And uh, instead I got into drama school and I thought I was applying for a deferral. So I thought I was going for the next year. And then that, it turned out that, no, I had applied for that year. So my traveling year was not going to happen, which is fine because I hadn't booked anything. But because of that, I think straight after drama school, you're kind of like, right, now I've got to keep working. You know, I can't take that time away because of, you know, different pressures and Tom's job and stuff. So I was always home. Um, and then those treks meant that I was allowed to push myself out of my comfort zone. Um, and um, so for anyone that doesn't know, Copperfield uh, is a breast cancer awareness charity in the UK. And um, we, uh, well, they they uh, shout about the signs and symptoms of breast cancer because growing up, I always thought it was only women, old, only older women and only ever a lump. Um, but actually it's, Everyone can be affected by breast cancer, women and men. Uh, it doesn't just discriminate in age or anything like that. Um, and you're not just looking for a lump, you're looking for um, any change of your breast tissue. Um, so we go on these walks and we go with um, people who have had breast cancer or sometimes people just want to challenge to challenge themselves and and get out there and, uh, you know, see a bit of the world. Um, but so I think in my mind before I left, like I knew that I knew why the treks were important you know breast cancer is certainly something that's affected my family um uh, and friends of mine so I was connected to the cause uh but then going out there and um I guess in a way being thrown in the deep end you know having those conversations with people about their experiences of breast cancer about um you know a variety of life things really and probably like chucking myself out there um, it became the most life affirming thing I've ever done. Um, and, and it was simply like, I think watching other people and, and having myself like feel like this challenge is so big, it's bigger than me. And I don't know if we're going to do it or how, like, it's a lot of responsibility. And then just realizing that it's a case of one, putting one foot in front of the other and just persevering, seeing people overcome their fear of heights and just pushing through and the amount of snot and tears that you, you know, you, that expel your body during those times, those times are unbelievable, but it was just the most incredible thing ever. And, and I think uh, that gave me a massive sense of, um, purpose I guess actually purpose of uh it gave me a massive um 
fire in terms of wanting more people to to take on these challenges to shout about the charity to check their own um breasts and chests to be an advocate for their own health uh because i think when you hear more and more stories of of people that have um you know gone through things that they really didn't need to uh it just makes you uh yeah makes you go forward um uh, uh with with uh yeah great purpose i guess um but I, I think it would have been that thing where it would have been a standalone thing. But I just knew that I couldn't leave it there, and I guess that's why it's uh, it's probably stretched me, and um, it's then been a part of who I am because I just couldn't leave the treks alone. Like once I'd once I'd discovered one, and once I've been I'd I'd taken on that challenge, and you know seen it through and everything, I was just like, no, I want this to be the thing that I do for you guys. So now we do two a year. It's about overcoming doubt and limitations. You know, we think we yes, can't. Yes, and, and also helping other people mm-hmm. realise that so often it's those voices in our heads that make us go, you can't do this, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and, uh, yeah, I always think it's it's a funny thing that those treks feel like they are my me time um, because I'm surrounded by so many other people who want to share their stories and you know so there's a lot of emotional um outpouring from other people there's a lot to take on um however it's completely it's a different level of responsibility than being at home and being mum and all those other things that happen when I'm sat behind my desk or behind the mic or whatever it is it's just a case of being being so present just being whatever that person needs in that moment and not having to think about anything beyond this moment or or past or whatever it is, just being there. And isn't that what that whole being present thing is? And we can't, mm. you know, we, I'm trying, I'm trying to kind of lean into to more of that kind of holistic well-being stuff and that true meditation can't really exist unless you're actually connected to the present. But we, I can't connect to the present because my present is multi-layered and multi-demanding at all times. But when you are at the top of that mountain in yeah. a completely different world where nobody can find you and your only thing that you need to do that day is take one step in front of the other when your brain is telling you that you can't and your body is showing you that you can. Mm-hmm. Like that sinks in, that sinks into the core of your soul and you come home being able to tell that voice the next time it says you can't, actually we can. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I think, I think tears and everything up on the way up the mountain, they're, they're great. I mean, Mm. to have that kind of outlet and then to realize that you can still push through, you can push beyond that. Because so often I think, growing up you can kind of think those those tears are from a place of frustration or you know just feeling like you're not great enough but actually there's some there's another layer that comes past that there's so much more beyond that we don't just stop at the tears life continues um and and the way up to the top of the mountain is beyond those tears so you've got to push through (laughs) is it like a clearing like you can you can actually just clear out your system and you kind of come back down with more capacity because you've you've made space. You've left yeah, the shit I, on I the mountain. Think so 
Yeah, yeah. Leave it on the mountain. Absolutely. And I think um, there's definitely a thing where often we go to places where there's just amazing views, like the landscape's always beautiful. And when you're when you actually stop, because it's so tempting to just put, you know, look at where you're going the whole time. And I'm quite accident prone. So, you know, I've twisted my ankle doing silly things. So when I'm walking up a mountain, I do tend to be quite careful. However, there's an amazing moment when you stop and you just take in where you are. Um, and actually, I think the amazing thing that happens then is that you realize how big and vast the world is and how tiny and insignificant you and your worries are in comparison um you know because i think we can almost all feel like we're living in the truman show sometimes mm. however we're not you know we are just a tiny little you know speck on on what actually life is a lot of your work has connected you with stories people stories mm. even what you're just talking about with copperfield like the stories that are shared on that mountain a lot of what you do requires you to take that on to to hear yeah. somebody, somebody's darkest, darkest, darkest moments and the greatest highs. For me in my work, it has changed me. It has changed mm -hmm. me because every story stays with you and every story teaches you something and every lightness makes you hope that there's more. Yeah. But every darkness I'm finding can also stay with me and not feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, in the last year, we've had three of our trekkers die. So they, um, you know, we're talking about women who have breast cancer and, um, uh, you know, sadly, uh, so one so one uh, of the trekkers from Northumberland, she knew that she was, that the cancer was active in her lungs and everything. Um, so she knew that, uh, where she was in her treatment and everything. Um, but even then, that all happened very, very quickly. We're talking about June, and it's now November. You know, she passed away in October. Um, Joe from uh, Pembrokeshire, who had had uh, triple negative breast cancer. Hannah, who literally died last week, had triple negative breast cancer. And they were taking on these treks and having these amazing moments and celebrating their bodies and... Um, you know, it makes me realise how quickly life can change. And, um, you know, I, I I think processing those deaths this week has hit me really hard. And, you know, we were saying before about how we're both in an emotional state today. And I, and I honestly, I just think when it comes to breast cancer and raising awareness and the fact that secondaries have to be given more care they have to be looked into more when it comes to breast cancer because it's secondaries mm. that will unfortunately when it's progressed that you know that that's that's when it gets um really really uh tough and um yeah so I think hearing all those stories and I, I is is really tough the deaths that have happened over the last year has hit really really hard but it also pushes me on to do more yeah. and to um to ultimately make sure that other people aren't put in the same position as they are and actually the fact that um you know we we're saying about how it's not for older women so many women there are so many breast cancers that are hormone related hormone receptive and so when you're pregnant 
after pregnancy, mm-hmm. you have to get to know your bodies even more. Um, you know, and unfortunately, so many women on the treks, you know, have found something, thought it's a blocked milk duct, uh, and got it checked and been dismissed, and then you know, found out that it's not. So I just, and it's not a scary thing. I think if we just kind of go, it's not scary. I just need to know my body because then. I can go and get it checked out and be an advocate for my own health. Um, but yeah, so, so I feel like I'm going off a tangent, but yeah, absolutely. It's impossible to hear the stories, whether it's on the podcast or on the treks, once you've connected to people and mm-hmm. sat across a table or walked up a mountain from with someone and had them share their uh, life stories with you. It's impossible not to carry that with you and for it to be something that drives you forward whether that's on the podcast it kind of makes you go nope yep we've got to keep doing this we've got to keep going um or whether that's a mountain and kind of going no I don't want any other people any other women to be in the situation that you're in right now apart from stretch marks I host a podcast for childhood cancer Ireland so I connect with parents and oncologists and play therapists and Basically, people in Ireland that are dedicating their careers or are helping their children or adult survivors of childhood cancer that are mm. that are talking about their experience. And um, these people and their stories, they don't leave me. And it becomes something more than an item on the week, you know, yeah. on the yeah. to do list. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's such a also, privilege to have people trust you, to have people trust you with their absolutely pain. Absolutely that. Absolutely that. And there's definitely a feeling of you have been through so much. The least I can do is listen. The least I can do is elevate your story so that other people can hear and raise awareness in whatever capacity that is. That's the least we can do. Hmm. Oh, cancer. I really yeah. wish it would fuck what off. A shitter. <laughs> I know, I know. And you know what? Obviously, I've connected with a lot of people um, that have uh, got breast breast cancer or cancers or whatever, you know, whatever different things that are going on. And um, uh, one of my friends said a great thing the other day because um, she was talking about her new treatment. And she said, "You don't have to say anything profound. Mm. You just have to tell me it's shit." And I was like, "Yeah." Because sometimes I think we we try so hard to find the right words. And actually the privileged position that we are both in is that actually people might think that we have to say the words. We don't. We just have to listen. Yeah. We have to sometimes just stay quiet to allow the other person that space to open up. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
I find I say quite a lot on the cancer podcast because I'm on mute crying <laughs> in the background. But <laughs> it's um, it's amazing work. And of course, it is. You have many strings to that work bow. I think mm. is, is is fair to say. Um, one of the stretches that I come up against time and time and time and time again and currently again, um, am I like are are any of us good enough? Where is the confidence? Where does where is the feeling of like if I put this into the world, what if it's shit? What if it's rejected? What if I'm rejected? What if it's yeah. just not good? I don't think any of us ever feel like we're good enough. I honestly don't. And I, I ran some polls at the weekend on on Instagram because it was it self-worth was came up quite a bit in the episode that I had out last week. And so I explore, I t- I try to like pick a couple of themes and then I try to explore it on Instagram and we kind of like create a wider voice of, of those feelings and you know, sharing that like 5%, it was something like 5% actually felt like their confidence was like where it should be. Um, And you're like, we are strong, capable, exceptional women. What is going on? Why do we feel like this about ourselves? And in the work that you do, you kind of have to face that demon frequently. mm -hmm. You kind of have to have that conversation with yourself, you know, a lot. Um, because you can't put something out there, whether it's a book, whether it's a performance, whether it's something creative, without sitting down and kind of sitting with that voice and then yeah. telling it to fuck off. Well, interestingly, every book that I write, um, I go through a phase where there's like, I saw this thing once, it's like seven different points, uh, but they're all yeah, very similar. The creative so the, curve. Of yeah, like, yeah. yeah. We're amazing. Start. Yes. That you literally point one is that you start going, this is the best idea ever. Then the doubt creeps in. Then you're like, oh no, maybe it's not great. Oh no, it is great. Oh my God, this is the worst thing I've ever written and it's gonna end my career. Oh no, hold on, wait a minute. Oh no, it is really, really bad. This is amazing. So you know, I feel like you're constantly riding that wave. And and being creative, I think there is definitely that element of um having to know when it's the right time to just hand that over you know you have there there comes a point where you just have to let it go and go this is I I am I am happy where this is sitting right now because so much of like say it's a book so much of that is just on you it feels like you're handing in the biggest piece of homework you've ever handed in when that book finally goes off um and I and I often um I often think I'm handling writing books really, really well. I'm on book 13 now. And I think I'm, you know, oh, this is going really well. It's only when I press send that I realise I've been a total twat the whole time I was writing that book. (laughs) Just because of the pressure of getting the words down and wanting to, you know, get that character's point across in the right way. And, And I'm really bad at, if I have a thought, I need to get that thought down now. Like if it's not down, it's forgotten. Where is my husband? So we write books together sometimes. Whereas he will try and talk to me about an idea whilst I'm cooking dinner or whilst we're doing something else. I'm like, no, no, my mind is not there right now. Like, because I, th- and I but I think it's, it's not because I'm not a multitasker. It's because there's so many other things going on that creatively 
I'm not a multitasker. Whereas Tom can sit down for a day and be like, oh, I'm just going to write a song for this musical and then I'll have a little bit of that musical or my album uh, and then I'll do a little bit on this middle grade book. So he can literally bounce around. Whereas I think actually maybe as mum, as as a woman, as me, maybe it's neither of those things, maybe it's just as me, I am bouncing around from the different responsibilities all the time. That doesn't mean we don't share them. It's the stuff that I have taken on Mm -hmm. that I have decided is my weight to carry. That's my load. Because I also think it's that typical thing that if I did share, I'd then worry that it wasn't going to be done to the way that I would Mm -hmm. do it. Uh, So a lot of that is about letting go. So, um, uh, yeah, the creative. Why do we do that to ourselves as well? You know, Ah. like, wouldn't it be easier if we just got okay with saying, here you go. (laughs) Just figure it out. And if it's asking, isn't it? I sometimes stay alive. Can you do that for me? I know. I read somewhere though recently where someone was uh, saying, you know, when you even want to do, can you do, can you do the dishwasher for me? No, no, no. It's not for me. It's 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 that weird thing, isn't it? Nothing is for me. Can you do that? <laughs> like even that silly things around the house that I catch myself saying it, and I'm like, oh no, I'm saying for me, but I mean for you, for us. <laughs> you know, it's the forward forward planning. And almost putting things in place so that everything runs as smoothly as yeah. possible. I I often find like taking out the things that might cause them out, like thinking through the morning to a drop off me because now yeah. mine are all at school. Like last night I was like, have I done everything so that tomorrow morning they literally just need to wake up, have breakfast, put their like uniforms on and go. Like, have I taken out anything that could cause a hiccup along the way? No, there's always going to be something, but have I done my part in that? And it's that almost anxiety that it causes you trying to think it all through. I think the most obvious example for me is when we're packing to go away. So if we're ever packing to go away on a trip, like he will collect his seven Navy T-shirts, his toothbrush and his deodorant. (laughs) Like... The slightly fancier shoe and then the slightly rougher shoe. And right. I'm there, I'm there like, well, we need, we need, I need a spray sun cream if they're running away from me. Then I need the thicker sun cream for the shoulders so that it, nothing can penetrate through. Then I need the clothes that they're going to go to the beach in, the clothes that they're coming home from the beach from. Like, like yeah. the, the granular detail of like, have I packed her favorite hair clip? Because she always has to wear that butterfly yes. clip with that dress. <laughs> you know, like that. That's a different level of of detail. And of course, I don't articulate it and I don't delegate it. It just swirls exactly. in my head. And before we go on holidays for about 48 hours, I'm a horrible person to live with. <laughs> I'm a horrible person to live with. It's funny, isn't it? I'm... I'm a horrible person that is getting it done, getting the job done. Exactly. I now write lists and I've done, well, I say I now write lists. I've written lists, I think, ever since my first time going away for the night with Buzz, just so I could know that I had everything. I now have packing cubes that are colour coordinated for each child because when we get somewhere, that's always really, really good. And also that list will be like, 
I'll I'll keep adding to the list as the week goes on because my mind will, you know, fire off and I'll remember at like two o'clock in the morning, oh, we need to pack this mm. or, you know, just so it's all down. Um, however, last week, something quite <laughs> weird happened. We were going, um, so my husband's on a tour at the moment with McFly and uh, we were going to join them for a week. And uh, the two older boys, who are nine and seven, decided to go and get their own suitcases. Bread in mind, part of me was like, oh, but I didn't want to take that many suitcases. But I went with it. They decided to go and get their own suitcases and do their own packing. Honestly, it's a game changer. I had to just trust them and be like, have you got this? And they'd be like, yep, yep, yep. One of them forgot a dressing gown that he's quite attached to. Uh, so that was my problem, uh, my fault. Uh, so we handled handled that one day. Um, but other than that, I was like, wow, this is a new, new phase. It worked out well? Yeah. Yeah, they took ownership. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and felt and, and really enjoyed it. And I think that, con- not controlling, organized part of my brain wanted me to go no 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 but you can't because then you know what if we don't remember things or and then I just decided to just let it go and realize that actually it's good if they want to take ownership of that it's good if they want to think about their week and forward plan you know that's the way that I'm gonna have an 18 year old man who can self (laughs) pack and you know look after himself and stuff I think um yeah I think uh it was it was really enjoyable actually to see them thinking through their clothes and what they would like to wear they're growing up how do you feel about them growing up how do you feel about that like letting that role go a little bit like loosening the rein well, Buzz is nine and me and Tom met when we were 13. So we're oh, always a bit gosh. like, you just never yeah. know. Like, you never know what life's going to throw you. Um, I'm excited, actually. I think once I once we knew that we were done in terms of having children and, you mm. know, Max started growing up and we were out the baby stage, out the toddler stage, out of the changing bag stage, mm. suddenly... I just felt like I felt like the the way that I knew I was done and, you know, you never know what might happen in life. But the way that I knew that I was perfectly content was that I just I wasn't chasing anything anymore. I just mm. felt like I'm I'm really happy with where we are. And um, yeah, I, I love it now. Like the fact that we can all sit around a dinner table and we usually try and have dinner together every night. But the fact that we can sit at a dinner table and just chat mm. is so lovely. Mm. Like, yes, there'll be someone probably under the table or tapping or whatever that is. There always is. Um, but it's those things that make me go, oh, I'm really excited about this chapter. And I know that that chapter then leads on to something else that like Tom sent me. One of those depressing Instagram videos today that says something like, um, by the time your child has twelve is twelve, oh, yeah. you've already spent seventy-five percent of the time that you will ever spend with them. And after that, you've only got twenty-five percent of them left. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I know there's all that pressure, but at the same time, I'm like, we're we're building foundations so that our kids can be solid, rounded independent individuals who can go off and live their adventures and then come back and tell us all about mm-hmm. them you know no I am I'm excited about this phase that we're in now um and I really do uh love it obviously we look at the old photos of newborns and stuff and 
uh, have a little weep at yeah. how that the feels wand. like it's gone by in a flash. Yeah. A flash. I think the wand but is always there. Other, pe- other people's babies. Yeah. <laughs> other people's babies don't make me broody now. No. Weirdly. Do you know what I mean? Not? I'm like, oh, well, this is nice. No. Whereas looking at photos or videos of my babies yeah. makes gives me a longing, but it's a longing for that. It's not a longing for new. And I think, do you know what? I've decided that no matter what we do, we're always going to look back and go, oh, maybe I should have done things differently or, you know, approach certain things different. And actually, we're all just doing what we can and what we feel is right in each given moment. Um, so I think we have to kind of take, um, uh, I don't know, some confidence in the fact that we have might not have done the right thing in every single single moment, but it's come from the right place. There are, of course, times that will lead you to the absolute brink of snap. So in the nine years that you have navigated this as your as yourself and also their mother, like, yeah, what were they and how have how have they left their mark on you? And just like right now in my own mind, I'm like five or six things are just like shooting back into memory. But there are times where you just feel like this is. This is too hard. And it's not necessarily the, the child stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like the No, exactly. It's that. that it's that life still demands you to do all of the other things that life still demands you to do at the same time as there might be a, as a child stuff. Well, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because I feel like now we are full-time careering, full-time mm. mothering, full-time doing there's so many things that we're doing full-time. And there are so, as a result, there's so many demands. And I think actually. Um, our phones have become a massive issue, to be honest, because we are now constantly on. Social media makes us constantly on. We can never switch, like, step away from stuff. Well, we can, but it's remembering that we can. And, and we have to literally put in place things that make us go, I am stepping away from you. Or, you know, and I only worked out a couple of years ago how to put an out of office on when I was out of the country, just because I realized that other people that I worked with, you know, who might have worked for businesses and stuff, they went on holiday and they went on holiday, mm-hmm. you know. You didn't hear from them for a week or two. Uh, whereas I don't think maybe that's also because of part of what I do. And, um, you know, it's 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 creative and it's and it's me. So I feel like I can't step back in a way. Um, but, yeah, there's there's been times where the needs of all of the things have certainly become too much, too overwhelming. And usually. um the only thing that can give during that point is the work stuff really is having to hold your hands up and go, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm not going to be able to write this book or, um, uh, you know, I just need to focus on family right now because, um, that's where my energy needs to be. And I, and I think, I think it's really healthy for us to kind of every now and then, if we can kind of go, where is that breaking point? Mm. And I don't want to get there. You know, do I have to get there before stuff changes? It's kind of like that rock bottom, I guess, um, you know, that, that people talk about. We don't have to get there. We don't have to snap. We don't have to break before those changes are made. Um, you know, if we're able to to stop before that, then amazing. Um, for me it's learning where the snap is like I'm a really bad judge I'm a really bad judge of distance 
when it comes to this conversation. Really? Like I think, yeah. I think I'm like, no, I'm fine. And I can, I can, and I will. And I, you know, I, I'll just take it. I'll just take it and we'll keep going and we'll keep going. We'll keep going. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm absolutely fine. I'm not ill or I'm not this or I'm not that. And then like in retrospect, after the snap that you go, yeah. oh shit. Because it's like, terrifying. It's terrifying. I didn't see saying, the red flags. I didn't yeah. acknowledge them. I didn't action anything because of them. Like, and it's taken me, I think, a few cycles of that. Yeah. Like when something is incredibly busy with work and then of course like the crash calls or something, you know, and you just know you're like, here we go. Here we go. We're we're just entering the tornado. It has taken me a few cycles of whatever it is that life throws that could potentially bring the stretch to snap for me to say, oh, yeah, OK, I I need to actually minimize that. I need to still look after me in the midst of it. Yeah. Like, but do you think that's also because it's only been a few years, really, of people going, it's OK not to be OK. And, you know, being able to kind of go, you just have to ask for help. I think I think a lot of us don't want to be seen to have yeah. to ask for help. We want to appear like we can do it all and we can, um, you know, we can do so without feeling alone. And we can breeze mm-hmm. through all of this, breeze through all this stuff, but we simply can't actually. There's too many, there's too many demands, there's too many asks. Um, and that weight is going to cause you to buckle at some point. I think it's and it's it's a blend for me. It's a blend between that it's okay to not be okay. Your conversation being like mm. so fresh, I suppose. But the you can have it all, I think, is more the conditioning. The yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the blend of a workaholic and a motherholic. Mm-hmm. And the two leaves very little space for self. For me, anyway, it was definitely the conditioning, I think, of arriving into motherhood while still having to hold the reins of like career me and not knowing how those two versions of myself could work as friends. <laughs> like... And, you know, have dovetail each other as opposed to collide and crash with emotions of general overwhelm and guilt. Nine times. Because I think if you take either of those, if you take a career or if you take motherhood, they are both going to push you to points of breaking, right? They're both going to push you beyond your limits. That's, it's kind of how we achieve stuff. We achieve by the stretch and by, uh, uh, and just succeeding or whatever happens in those messier moments, right? But actually when you've got two things that are doing that simultaneously and the work side of stuff, we'd have spent decades getting there or a decade maybe or a decade and a half, whatever, before we become a mother. So you've worked your ass off to get to that point. And then you don't want to give all that up because you've become a mother, even though that is the most precious thing and possibly something that you've really hoped for and longed for since you were a child, you know, becoming a mother. So then you're forced into that position where you're like, okay, well, I want to keep my career up there so people don't think I've lost it. But at the same time, I've now got this really precious thing that I've always wanted and I have to do both of them at a really great level and not let anyone down um, because otherwise I will have failed. Whereas really, life is made up of a load of failures. That It is like we can't succeed in every single thing that we do. We simply can't. Um, But it's just realising, I think one thing that I've realised this year is... um, 
It's the saying yes to things that you were talking about, but it's the what is the cost. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily things I want to do, but the yes, there are other people's demands. So if I say yes to this, what is the cost to the family? What is the cost to me? What is like, what am I giving away so that I can fulfill this need for this other person or for this job opportunity, whatever that is. Um, So I am now looking at, at things, I guess, in more of a, yeah, in a, in a cost way, but not in a monetary cost, mm-hmm. in a cost way as, it, as to myself, my mental health, the health of my family, the happiness. What do you do when you feel like the snap is on the horizon? How do you bring it back for you? Do you know what? I um, I have to get out and I have to walk. I have to be physical, um, whether that's boxing, uh, walking, running. Um, and I actually think that a massive part of the treks is that for me yeah. it's it's taking me back from that snapping point it's taking me back into a perspective perspective of of life and what that is and um you know how lucky we all are to be there celebrating life um connecting um but nature is a massive part of that. You know, it is that stepping outside, um, seeing the trees, the crunch under your foot as you're walking, getting stuck in muddy puddles. And we you know we have that in life with kids as well. I think I used to think that uh, getting out like that was uh, amazing for the family. And it is. But actually, it's so important to do that on your own as well. Mm-hmm. So after a school run, being able to just dip into the park and go for a walk is is um probably more rewarding because you switch off that risk assessment that we all have inbuilt, I think, as parents. Um, and uh, so, yes, definitely it is that getting out. Fresh air does um, amazing things. I honestly don't think that we are all meant to stay within four walls as much as we actually do. Mm. I think that's how we've evolved. That's how we've grown. But actually, um, I think brilliant things happen when we step outside uh, and we look around and, you know, trying to walk without headphones on a little bit more. And I think it's all it's also um, healing and grounding. Um, so yes, that's what I, I try and go back to time and time again. Yeah, so that is a massive part of, uh, yeah, it's just what I love. Um and why, you know, when things like the regatta um, outdoors collaboration comes up, it's just such a easy, nice fit when you're working with people who, um, you know, totally get you as a human. And um, essentially, you know, we put together a collection that's just about being able to keep yourself warm and dry so that you can just go about and live your best life. Go on that, like, go and explore, go on an adventure. Um, yeah, yes. So for me... Yes, say yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's about being able to chuck something on and Mm. going out. Um, No such uh, thing as bad weather, just bad clothes. Exactly that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Get some water resistant clothing. (laughs) And And it is, especially it's, (laughs) and it, and it, it is so beneficial for my kids. Like if, even if it is a lashing, lashing, lashing day, just put them in really good wet gear and yeah. you will have fun and you don't really care you know what happens and let them get messy like fling them into the bath as soon as they're home and yeah. for us anyway it definitely takes the tantrum out of the day everyone yeah. returns I, I don't know about your kids frazzled. but I feel like especially if it's like summer holidays half term whatever those yeah. school holidays are 
I think if we don't get them outside by a certain amount of time, there's this energy. Yeah. There's, there's just like this forward energy that's going to bounce into everything it sees. And, you know, you better get out of my way because I'm going to come, you know. Especially boys. Getting outside. But yeah, and they are literally just ricocheting off each other the whole time. And, and if we can get, if we can beat that, if we can preempt that and get outside before that's even an issue, it's amazing. It's what everyone needs, I think, a bit of fresh air. Happy mum, happy baby. What makes you happy mum? Hap- what, what does happy mum feel like for you? Judy Finnegan of Richard and Judy uh, once said that you are only as happy as your unhappiest child. Mm. And I just think that is so unbelievably true. So for me, what makes me happy is when my children are all in a state of contentment. You know, they don't have to be calm. I don't, I don't care for, you know, they can be as hyperactive and happy as they like, you know, and giddy, um, just content, you know, not, not feeling anxious about anything or, um, you know, I, I, yeah, for me, it's, it, it's, it's acknowledging them. Cause I don't think, I think the moments where I feel anxious, unease, the moment where I can't connect creatively it's because something's going on with one of my kids and I, I just can't see beyond that. You know, I can't dive into those other things because actually the reality is, is a piece of my heart is unsettled. Um, yeah. So what makes me happy is, uh, is when my kids are content. Uh, I'd like to be doing something us all together. That would make me really, really happy. Um, but it doesn't always have to be, you know, a crazy game of football in the garden. Just, you know, us all being together and watching Strictly is more than enough. I mean, who doesn't love that? Like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> Honestly, on a Saturday night now, we all, um, we the kids stay up, we have dinner. Sometimes it's a takeaway. Sometimes it's a nice big hearty bowl of pasta. Uh, and we sit down, the boys have, we make them little paddle boards. Um, and after oh, the judges have scored, the boys will score. <laughs> and then after the show's finished, we'll all dance around a little bit. Oh, great. Really beautiful. Yeah. Angela's hey, doing actually. such a good job for us. Oh, isn't she just? She's she amazing. Is. She is amazing. She is doing such amazing dances and performances. We're all super proud of her here. Um, Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. I hope I've been coherent and things I've said have made sense. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I'd make your mum. You never actually get to finish your sentences. So that when you do, you're kind of like, oh, how do I I finish a sentence nowadays? I don't know. (laughs) I love, like, this is the perfect example this is the perfect example <laughs> world-class podcaster author extraordinary still questions if she was coherent <laughs> enough <laughs> like you know if if any of us are feeling that element of self-doubt and self-criticism like here it is here it is like Aww. we're like what what is that what is that default feeling i know i know it's rubbish isn't it Rubbish. You never need to query or question whether you are coherent enough. Okay. I think your words have been listened to and read by millions and millions of people and they have resonated and how you hold space and how you are just open of heart to allow people the safety and the sanctuary to just say what it is that they need to say, whether that is that they're having a really tough time in parenting or a really tough time in life or a really tough time in health. 
And then you also bring this lightness and joy and, and hilariousness. I will never forget the story that I read in your book about the trip to Australia and, you know, the the pacing and the tears. And of course, there was, you know, I had empathy and sympathy for you. But, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, God, she gets it. <laughs> she gets it. And she's brave enough to say that it was hard. Yeah. And that is one of the greatest gifts that you have brought this generation of women is the opportunity to acknowledge publicly that I love them and it is hard. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. (laughs) Ah, this was lovely. Thank you very much. I feel like I've had therapy today. I just love her. Giovanna Fletcher can, of course, be found as host of Happy Mom, Happy Baby podcast and at Mrs. G Fletcher on Instagram. And do check out her new regatta Autumn Winter 23 collection. This new collection features eight coats with four of them crafted partially from recycled fabrics and designed with regatta's renowned Thermoguard insulation to keep out the winter chill. There is no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothes. So with winter coming in thick and fast, make sure to wrap up and continue to get out for that walk as always i would love you to share this episode tagging stretch marks podcast so i can read all of your messages and feedback and i will talk to you again next week ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.